mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. And joining us, uh, joining us today, uh, once again, from WPLG Local 10 News and the Chirping the Cats podcast, David Dwork. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's always a pleasure, fellas. Good to, good to see you, even though everybody's just listening. We are on Zoom, so it's good to see. Well, I see, I see Alex and Jake. I don't see TJ. I just see, I just see a picture. Yeah, TJ's having webcam problems, unfortunately, my, uh, so his beautiful webcam. face will be hidden. <laughs> Aww. And he just got a haircut, too. He looks great. Uh, <laughs> but jumping into uh, actual hockey news, because uh, after quite the, uh, quite the hiatus, there is actual hockey news. Uh, the uh, the NHL is set to return in about two weeks on uh, on January 13th. Uh, the divisions are all set, and it's going to look a lot different uh, than normal. There's going to be a Canadian division, so we're not going to see a lot of uh, a lot of familiar faces. Uh, the Panthers, as everyone would have guessed, uh, are in the Central Division because the team that plays uh, pretty much on the Atlantic Ocean belongs in the Central Division. Uh, so, David, uh, what do you think of the new division, how the Panthers uh, might shape up in this division? There's a lot going on in this new central. Uh, so just give us your your take on uh, how the Panthers stack up to this division. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think for, for a change, the Panthers kind of lucked out here because, I mean, the Metropolitan Division looks like a giant scary gauntlet. The Canadian Division is full of playoff teams from last year. And, I mean, you know, as much as the Panthers might get bounced around to Central Atlantic, whatever, they're not going to get stuck in the West either. <laughs> So right. just based on the options, like I'm kind of feeling like the Panthers, the, they, they did, the lead did them a little bit of a solid here. I mean, you look at the division, I see uh, TJ just put it up for us. Um, Nashville, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of in Chicago too, just because we don't get to see them a whole lot. Right. So it'll be fun to, to kind of get a rivalry with some Western Conference teams. But I mean, you also get, you get like Columbus where there's, you know, some former Blue Jackets on the Panthers now and uh, you get uh, – what's it called? Uh, Carolina with, uh, you know, Vinny Trocek being over there now. So, um, you know, some possibilities and then, you know, no matter what happens, we're always going to be stuck with Tampa. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, were I mean, actually I, talking I, about it before, uh, before we started, before you jumped on, I, I think that there's actually an Avenue here that the Panthers could finish third in this division uh, behind Tampa and Carolina, even Tampa without Kucherov is still a terrifying team and Carolina is extremely good. Uh, but the rest of these teams are, uh, yeah, even though Dallas just made uh, just made the Cup final, I'm not sure I believe in them long term. Who knows what's going on with Nashville? Uh, Columbus is one of those teams that annoys you, but I don't know how good they're going to be. Uh, and then, of course, Chicago and Detroit are a little depleted at the moment. Uh, so I think there is actually an avenue here for the Panthers to have a successful season. 
Dallas is depleted as well. Just just to throw that in there, I mean, Sagan's yeah. going to miss pretty much the entire season. Yeah, and a lot of their core is getting pretty old. I mean, Radulov and Ben in particular. We're, we've probably seen the last of them as first line players. That's yeah, Ben even take. last season he he really struggled yeah. to carry any kind of offensive weight. Anytime they got to the bubble, if he scored a goal or two, there was such a big deal. Like, oh yeah, look at. Ben has scored again. Like, this guy's like a 40-goal scorer, and all of a sudden we're celebrating if he puts one in. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me of uh, when the – oh, Jesus Christ. I'm blanking now. Uh, but when we had uh, – jeez, I can't do anything. The rat, the rat who was terrible and just stole money from the Panthers. Uh, I think wow, I great contact, guys. About yes, you, I don't know if I want to put his name to it. it was a five, <laughs> well, that was his nickname is The Rat. Not because I was just because I'm blanking. Oh, Dave Boland. Yeah, Dave Boland. Oh, okay, no, I thought talk- yeah, I thought you were talking about Todd Bertuzzi at first. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Brad Marchand, and then I was like, but what is – We all remember his money? great time with the yeah. Panthers. But yeah, Brad Marchand. Dave, it's like anytime Dave Boland would do anything, Goldie would just like have to like – would just like force it in there. It's like, yeah, this is why you gave this guy $5 million. And it's like he made a stick. <laughs> Five and a half. He made a stick check on a PK when we were already losing three nothing, and he's a minus two on the night. Like, come on, Goldie, we love you, Goldie, but I, we know you were forcing that one in there for for the squad. Um, but yeah, it's it's bad sometimes. Fortunately, and, that's not the case for the Panthers right now. Yeah, though. and we're, I mean, we're coming in with a healthy roster, a rejuvenated roster, a reasonably new roster uh, to a certain extent. There have been a ton of uh, a ton of new additions. Uh, to this Panthers roster that we haven't really gotten uh, gotten a ton uh, a ton of outside uh, opinions about. You all know how we feel. Uh, but most recently, the Panthers were able to sign winger Anthony Duclair uh, to a nice little one-year deal. I think it's what one uh, one seven five or something like that. I think one, yeah, just one seven. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, somewhere in that range. But uh, Anthony Duclair might be an extremely useful addition uh to to a panthers top six uh that in the past has been a little bit inconsistent with scoring it a, a career high 23 goals uh last season uh with ottawa which i mean he kind of had to do that himself uh ottawa not the best team in the world and he didn't have a ton of help around him so uh david what, what do you think about duclair i i think this is a nice signing he struggles defensively so we'll see how that uh how that uh, comes about but um yeah might might bring some nice top six scoring a nice top six scoring touch uh david your take on duclair i think uh, how can you not like this when you bring in a guy like that's probably gonna be 20 goal score 40 to 50 points if not more if he takes a step forward you don't want to assume that but he's 25 years old so certainly possible for him to continue right. ascending in his career but for 1.7 million you get to add a, to- a guy who's more than likely going to be in your top six could very well be in your top power play. I mean, what's not to like, he seemed like he, what he said that he'd been talking to Zito a lot and they've been going back and forth over the last uh, couple of months. So he knows what the Panthers are looking for out of him. He knows the Panthers want him to play two way hockey. He knows the Panthers are going to want him to be a little bit more, more responsible in the, in his own zone and, and with the puck in all three zones. And he said he wanted to come to Florida. This is where he feels is the best chance for him to take the next step. So all signs kind of point to not a knuckleheaded move or a guy's going to be out of place, but maybe a young guy who really wants to show that there's more to his game than just being uh, an inconsistent scorer, which is kind of his rep right now. He scored, but he's been very inconsistent. You know, last year he scored, I think, 
three quarters of his goals in like a 24 game span, like 17 goals in 24 games, like some ridiculously crazy uh, number like that. So uh, he's definitely got a lot to prove, but the fact that he chose to come to Florida and he knows what Florida is going to be asking of him, I think it says a lot, not only about who he is and what he's trying to bring to the table, but also what he's going to be asked to do when, when he's playing here. This was the classic Bill Zito offseason signing. He went out and signed a guy who was 25 years old, who was, you know, coming off of a team giving up on him, but has the potential to be, in Duclair's case, I would say a top six forward. There's plenty of reason to suspect that that might not actually pan out, but there's totally a plausible future in which Anthony Duclair becomes a top six scorer, especially. And, uh, you know, with the team obviously not retaining Mike Hoffman, who just signed a PTO with the Blues, we're expecting him to sign a contract there once they make the cap space available. Evgeny Dadnov went to Ottawa, and they didn't really take a swing at any of the other big-name free agent forwards to replace those two guys. So clearly a hole in the uh, offense there with a lot of the goals that they scored last year going away when Dadnov and Hoffman left. So Duclair's going to get a lot of opportunities. And if he lights it up in Florida next year and it's a great fit, the Panthers are going to have the RFA rights That's next offseason. So if, if it works out, it's going to work out great. And if it doesn't work out, you only gave him $1.7 million in a year where if, if the Panthers got into the playoffs, the fans would be ecstatic. If they missed the playoffs, the fans would say, shrug their shoulders and say, hey, what can you expect? Yeah. This, this isn't like a team that – I think has a, a whole lot of expectations. They're kind of playing with house money. And a lot of these guys are in the same boat. I think. I do what think you you're, you're set up very nicely for, for your top six to be uh, any combination, at least on the wings, any combination of, uh, of Jonathan Huberto, Owen Tippett, uh, Anthony Duclair, Grigory Denisenko, if he impresses at camp uh, might also slot in there. Uh, but then that, that fourth slot, you've also got uh you, you can you can really fit in any of like Carter Verhage or uh, I don't know Nolachari maybe we liked him Patrick at, uh, on the second line we uh, haven't seen him year. yet uh, Patrick Hornquist we haven't seen yet though personally I'm not convinced that he's a top six guy uh, Vinny Hinostroza could could be a second line player I mean mm. there are a ton of nothing mm, careful there TJ he's a great driver and we need drivers uh, true. There are a ton of options now for, for the Panthers uh, on the wing, up and down the lineup, and that level of depth is something we haven't really seen in a long time. Uh, we, we might not have the, that same superstar punch that Tampa's got uh, down their lineup, but, but we, we haven't really had this level of depth in a while. David, real quick, since we're you know, kind of talking about the lineup, how do you see it shaking out this year? Who do you see? Like, I mean, if you want to give us your projected lines, you can, or if you just kind of want to see what roles you see people playing just like to get an outsider's insight here. I think it's going to come down to how guys like Owen Tippett, Gregory Denisenko, how they look in training camp to see where, if they're actually have a chance to shake into the top six, or if uh, it's going to be more traditional where you see like, whether it's Duclair or Hornquist on that top line with Barkov and Hoover, assuming Hugh keeps them together. Um, and then it's going to be, you know, who steps up in that second line center role. Cause it's right now, a lot of guys are looking at Alex Wenberg to play that role. Cause yeah. he's done it before, but Carter Hades played a little bit of center. Achari certainly showed last year as a center that he can score. He can put the puck in the net. He knows where to go. Uh, it, there's just a lot of options at this team. I, I mean, you talk about the depth, but it's not necessarily like, Oh, you see 
obviously you know you're going to have a number one line. Barkov, Huberto, and whoever is going to be your top line. But from there, your middle six could really almost be interchangeable because you've got so many guys right. that are going to be in the same realm of scoring. It's almost like you just have to try to find the right combination of who's going to play well with who and roll it that way. Because, you know, as far as like a second and a third line, I really see a top line, six very scorable forwards, and then whoever gets put on that fourth line, which even the fourth line, because it's probably going to end up being like a, a Chari and a Ryan Lomberg who can score, who plays a very heavy game. So I'm not really overly concerned with this team getting a, a drop-off in scoring, even without Hoffman and Dadnov, just because of the game they're going to play. Yeah, and I mean, they're still Tampa in this division, but do any of the offenses really scare you against a Panthers defense that was, you know, porous last year? I'm not seeing one when I look at all these teams. I mean, Chicago would traditionally be one, but they're going to be missing a a couple of their best offensive players. Nashville has always had problems putting the puck in the net. Dallas has been more of a defensively successful team. Carolina, I mean, they'll get the shot attempts, but they always have trouble converting them. And then Columbus is another team that really values defensive, the defensive side of the puck first. So again, like this is a division that the shapes up well for the Panthers. And I mean, this is going to be such a chaotic season due to the coronavirus that I, I feel like them finishing anywhere between third and seventh is really within the realm of possibility. <laughs> I don't know about seventh. At this point, it's like it's so hard to say because we're just we're kind of spitballing with how this is how the lineup's going to play out and how all these new pieces are going to fit in. But there's no right. reason to think just like you know. On one hand, yeah, it could not work out, and the same on the other hand, it could all work out very well. And it sure seems like based on the way the teams the team played last year and the deficiencies they had last year, particularly defensively, if there was if Bill Zito was going to address those in any way, I think I don't think he could have done a better job. Right, Because you're looking at a team that's they've still got plenty of offensive firepower, but now you've taken away Mike Matheson, you've taken away Josh Brown, and you've brought in a Radko Gudas, who maybe not the best defensive player as you know when compared to like some of the best defensive defensemen, but it's clear why he's being brought to the team. It's clear why he was the only guy given a three year deal. Yeah. Like they know what they're getting in him, and you bring in on the back end, you bring in a new Trevara who he's much more of your defensive, defensive type guy than anything else. Although he can move the puck pretty well. And, and you can see all, all these guys they brought in the Heinous Rosas, the Lombard, the Wenberg. These are all guys that are known for being responsible players. So you just, it, it just seems like the exact right moves were made. The right kind of guys were brought in. And I'm really curious to see if Q who, you know, for all his reputation and for all, you know, three Stanley cups, maybe he had a tough year as well last year. So you want to see if it's all going to kind of play together. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, David, until you just said it now. I actually forgot that Joel Quenville was our coach. <laughs> it's just not something I've thought about in a long time. But yeah, the story's oh, that, been that just made me happy all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd juxtaposition, right? You've got pretty much everybody that the Panthers brought in the offseason, young, scrappy, and hungry, Carter Verhage, Vinny Hinestroza, Anthony Duclair, and then Coach Q, who has absolutely nothing to prove, is going to be leading their, <laughs> leading the, the pack. Well, young, scrappy, and hungry. Has some of been watching Hamilton? I mean, they just flow together well. That's probably why uh, Mr. Man, uh, Mr. Miranda, or is it Lin-Manuel Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, yeah, that's Lin-Manuel is the, is the co- uh, combination. <laughs> 
So, uh, David, just to shake out the rest of the roster, you actually just wrote uh, earlier this evening about Borgstrom and Sarala. Uh, you, you reported that, uh, that they're not expected to be with the team for training camp. Uh, how's that situation shaking out? Is, is, it, uh, is it possible that they, that they could join the team uh, later on in the season? What impact uh, do you expect them to be able to make, if any? Like, what's, what's going on there? They can join the team at any time. Like Florida owns both of their RFA rights. So, you know, they could sign really at any point and join the team. And it's the same with uh, Anton Lindell, who like they've said, they're going to let him play his season out over with, with uh, HIFK, but nobody's really said, well, once that season ends, which is going to be in March or April, then what? Panther season's still going to be going on. We'll have a new second um, line center for the playoff run. Well, you know, that's the thing. Like, you burn a year of eligibility for maybe a month. It, it right, all depends. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a question we'll have to deal with you know, hopefully in a few months. It all depends. I mean, you could always just give him the uh, PTO and have him play his nine games and not burn a year. It all yeah, depends. I, that, I, does that work for playoff runs? I don't. Do, well, I, as long I, as he I'm doesn't play, sure. it, it, if he oh, doesn't, yeah, true. It, if he plays a playoff game, burns a year. Right. But then also with the way the rules are, like they, you know, like Borgstrom is an RFA, but no one else can make him an offer because he, but I think that yeah, might have the 10.2 status. Yeah. 10.2 status. Um, so, but do you, I, I mean, do you expect them at all this year or is this, or do you kind of think, Hey, you they're going to take the year off or stay in I thought Bordstrom would. I thought there was a good chance that Bordstrom would stay the full season in Liga and just kind of play a full year on a, in a top six role. Like right now he's playing there. He's their top line center right now with Lindell at the world juniors. So Bordstrom, you know, he's getting that kind of attention that he, he wanted with Florida that he, he just wasn't getting here because they were really trying to round out his game. You know, when I talked to, to Matt Joyce last year, he told me the reason that, that he's been playing third line and that he, the reason he's been giving the assignments he's been given is because they want to round out his game a little bit better. Reports were, he wasn't happy about that, that he wasn't, uh, happy with his role with the team. Uh, you know, they tried to squash that with Dale Talon last year when they first started talking about those rumors that he was going to go to Yokerit in the KHL. That didn't end up happening, but he did end up in Helsinki with, um, with HIFK. So, you know, I think Bordstrom, uh, that didn't surprise me, but what Sarla surprised me. I thought he was viewed as somebody that was going to be given an opportunity. He looked like somebody that could fight for one of those middle six roles. He's got that crazy shot. He was working on his defensive play. He can play center or the wing. Um, so you have to wonder, you know, does the whole coronavirus situation have anything to do with it? Is it just, you know, Florida feels like they've got, maybe they've got enough guys. You talk about that depth that they can let him spend the year there. I, I really don't know. I'm hoping that we're going to talk to Bill Zito in the next couple of days and he'll answer those questions. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as right now goes, neither of them are going to be at training camp, at least at the start. And uh, yeah. It's 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 frustrating when you when you got a guy who's a first round pick that you know came into the NHL with all the bluster and all the fanfare, and then you got another guy who last season was looked at as wow this really could be part of the future of this team, and now neither of them are going to be here for camp. Real quick, uh, do you think that there's going to be an AHL season for either of them to possibly participate in? Well, that's a tough one, TJ. <laughs> that's that's really tough. I hope so. I know that right now it's from what I've been reading. Uh, it's it's kind of all over the place because you got some teams that are ready and willing to move forward uh, with the season, and you have other teams that are really going to struggle to even put a put a whole production together. Um, so much of the AHL, and as far as revenue goes, is gate. It's ticket right. sales. It's 
you know, chips, popcorn, stuff at the arena. That's such a big part mm -hmm. of the AHL and, and the way that they run it. So without fans in the majority of the arenas, it's hard to see how it would really work. Yeah. I, I hope so. I, it, it, you have to wonder what's going to happen with so many players that would potentially not have jobs. Like what, how are they going to train and be ready for another season? Um, you have to wonder if there would be like a, a mass exodus of talent heading over to the KHL and to Liga and, you know, to the DEL and for all their playoff runs. But yeah, it's right now, I think it's up in the, I mean, the cage, the, the AHL, the American league said they're targeting, I, I believe February 5th for a start date, but that that's kind of been their target for a while. And we've yet to get anything as far as like, okay, how's it going to happen? When's training camp going to be like all, all those things that the NHL has worked out. I hope so. But uh, at this point I, I've got my doubts, unfortunately. Yeah, no TV deal for the AHL. So, no. David, real quick before we uh, ask you one, we start to wrap up. Um, what do you think of the World Junior Championships? Have you been watching? What are your thoughts on Spencer Knight and uh, David? More Levi? importantly, what are your thoughts on Devin Levi? Devin Levi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Levi is uh, has overtaken Spencer Knight in the terms of interest among the Panthers. I, I see how it is. No, I mean. Really, for it's me, yeah, you guys, in terms of Jacob, because he's Jewish. Yeah, nothing, nothing well, quite like a Jewish player for me. <laughs> as a fellow member of the tribe, I will say that uh, I'm down with it. I love it. I look forward to chatting with him about latkes and dreidels and all that good stuff. <laughs> I still need someone to teach me what, how to play the dreidel game. I need to know. You I don't... spit it, and then you eat chocolate. That's, that's really it. That's yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah. That's I, don't know the re I don't know the full rules either, but that, that's, that's really how, how you play. <laughs> This was, yes, I've got a four-year-old and this was like the first year he was old enough to like know what's going on. So we actually had to learn the rules and figure out which ah. side of the table. And the only, the one takeaway I have from all of this dreidel learning this year, before we get back to the, the world juniors is no matter what kind of chocolate gold candy you eat, it all tastes like shit. It's terrible <laughs> chocolate. Okay, what the is gold, it? The gold coin chocolate is terrible. Hold on. No, it is not. But late, the, this year in particular, I've seen so much pinpointed hate for Gelt, and I have taken I offense to that. Running. I remember really liking it as a kid, so maybe it's changed. I, I thought maybe I had changed, but maybe the candy <laughs> changed. Because I used to like put it on the level with like Carvel chocolate or Cadbury chocolate rather. Okay. That's favorite. ridiculous. I'd never give it that. But no, when that. I was a kid, I used to love the gelt and now I tasted it and I, and I almost wanted to like spit it out. I was like, this is bad. Like I, this is, it's a weird con consistency. It's sticking to my teeth. Like, what am I doing? It's like, so, or, it's uh, like Hershey bars in tear. Well, that's it's what not happened. quite up to the level of Hershey bars, but <laughs> no, What's I, I don't know. I don't know when the when the gelt hate train started. But this year, I've just seen so many takes about how terrible gelt is. You're just getting right. everybody at the end of a real angry year, and they're taking it out in their chocolate coins. <laughs> That's the only explanation I can think of. Um, anyway, so yeah, back to back to Devin okay. Levi, though. Who is our king? Alex can attest. I'm sure he feels what I feel, and that you get to watch not one but two starting starring goaltenders that are both Panthers property. It's like, it's heaven. It's great. I yeah. mean, Spencer and I, we've been, you know, we've been watching him now this season a lot. Thanks to Boston college streaming so yeah. many of their games online. And uh, I just love it. It's like, for why, you know, I call it hockey porn just because it's like, you're watching <laughs> somebody doing so well, all the things that you were trained to do and that you teach younger goalies, you know, they're, they're so like with Spencer Knight, 
tight, concise stance. So powerful. Like I can't get over how powerful his leg pushes are and yet how controlled he is without, you know, if I had to push as strong as him, I'd be sending myself into the boards every time I pushed off. Yeah. And yet he doesn't stop on a dime on the other side of the crease. His hands are always, they don't move. Like if you put a stick on top of his hands and then just watched him go back and forth, you could put a cup in there and it wouldn't spill anything out of it. It's really awesome how technically sound Spencer Knight is. He's and the opposite of Dominic Hasek. Yeah, well, it just goes to Hopefully show you. Hopefully not entirely fun. because the opposite of Dominic Hasek. Well, I meant in style. In style. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to I, – I this is the first time that I've looked at his, uh, his stats this season. Granted, it's only four games with Boston College so far, but in those four games, two of them are shutouts, and he's rocking a 955. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, he's great. Like, have you, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the mic'd up um, videos that have been posted with him in him uh, uh, over the last year, but like one of the things that always stands out to me is how confident he comes across, and yet he does it like as a good teammate. Like he doesn't come across cocky or douchey or anything like that. He's confident in his abilities. He's out there having fun, but he's you know bleeping around with his teammates. He's chirping guys. Oh, this guy's going high glove. Oh, see, told you, got it. Like it's just like he just exudes the kind of thing that you see like in a Carter Hart type of guy, which is you know that's kind of the bar at this point. Where you know yeah. as far as a young goalie coming into the NHL, if Spencer Knight shows up and plays as well as Carter Hart does, and you know by all means he he's prospect wise he's above Carter Hart. So who knows what those expectations are, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, the Panthers are going to have a really fun goaltending room in the next three or four years when you got Spencer Knight, Devin Levy, and uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, and that's not even including Montempo and Drigger. Which, and Bednard. Don't forget about Ryan Bednard. Eh. Isn't it you like forget so about Panthers? Ryan that totally, like, okay. The most Panthers thing ever to like finally have like a stocked goalie stable. Like they've got, you know, so many really good young goalies. And on the top of it, you've got, 70 million dollars to one guy just hey, kind of like 60 million it. 10 million's already been paid 60 million <laughs> <laughs> it's like they finally get it together and and you know and god love it you know bob could certainly still play up to that contract you know it's been one year i don't know all these struggling in new cities is not an uncommon thing but it's just so funny how like they can have such a big pipeline and then seemingly you know a big blockage there at the top of it well but, you know I know, I know we're running out of time with you, David, but since we're on the goaltending porn, we have to touch on it as the Panthers are the first team to create a goaltending coaching group where you've got one of the greatest goalie coaches of all time, Francois Allaire, joining Rob Tallis and Leo Luongo and then Roberto Luongo being put at the top of it to kind of coordinate everything. It's been widely applauded throughout the NHL. But as a fellow goalie, what do you think of what the Panthers have done with this goaltending excellence department? It's exciting. It's cool. It's, it's nice to see the team being so innovative. Uh, you can't say that they're the first team to do it because I want to say Calgary also had something like that like a year ago, or maybe it was Arizona. I know that it had been done once or twice before, but to do it in such a big way, to bring in the, you know, maybe the best goalie coach of all time, put him working with one of the best goalies to ever play the game. And it's nice that they finally found like a really focused job for Luongo to do. He's been kind of hanging out for over a year now, like as an assistant to the GM and not to make fun. Like he, he's a smart guy and he, you know, it's just nice to be able to give him something to really focus his energy on. And what better to do that with, Hey, why don't you go run our goaltenders? Why don't you go like show them how to, 
if anybody knows how to like put a program together that could help goalies from the top to the bottom, whether it's practice routines or communication. I mean, you, you heard uh, Devin Levi from the world juniors talking about how he's been texting with Luongo already. So it, it's already been put into play. And I, I love it. I think, you know, just like in baseball, you know, pitchers, they put the most money, whether it's in salary or in coaching in training into their pitching staff, goalie's not a whole lot different than that. They're out there playing every game. The pitcher's playing once every five days. So you have to think you'd put a little bit more of uh, emphasis and uh, investment into your goaltending. So, you know, kudos to the Panthers for, for doing that, putting their money where their mouth is. And uh, I, know, I think it's cool, man. I'm curious to get into the season when we can talk to like Bob and Dreger and, and get their take on it and hear like how it's helping them out. Yeah. And I, I know personally, I mean, if, I mean, you have uh, like, let's kind of branch out the tree. You got Rob Talis working with the NHL goalies. Leo Luongo working with the AHL and ECHL goalies. Francois Allaire probably spending most of his time helping with scouting goalies and, you know, pitching in at the NHL level. And then if Roberto, like I was saying, kind of being that coordinator, but like the one thing that I think is really missing with the Panthers and it's kind of organization wide is that person who has watches the prospects and be like, all right, player A is struggling with, you know, positioning or whatnot. And I'm not trying to use names because I'm trying to throw people under the bus. But like, okay, we've got goalie A struggling with positioning. Let's go find him a coach that can work with him over the summer and just gonna, they're just going to work on positioning or movement or whatever that weakness is. And if Roberto can be that guy where he's identifying problems and solving them and helping that goalie get in touch with coaches who are in that guy's area or, you know, coordinating. So it's like, all right, player A, let's say he, wor- he lives in Boston because he's going to Boston College. We need to get him into Western Canada to work with this coach over the summer. And Roberto's coordinating that. It's going to make a huge difference. Because I know a lot of the NHL, like, if they're not at the AHL level, like, the teams are very hands-off. And that's really bad for development. So I really like the emphasis the Panthers are putting on. And I'm hoping that Luongo, one of his main focuses is the guys who aren't in the AHL and NHL level yet. Yeah, I mean, I would think that is, is at least for Luongo's role, he's going to be focusing on everybody. It's not like it's not like there's 50 different players. It's not like it's your entire prospect pool. You know, there's only you know maybe seven or eight goalies that you really need to focus on. Um, and yeah, they're all at different levels. But that's the thing. Like you've got a guy like Francois Allaire who has taught goaltenders at every single level from you know youth up into NHL goalie coach. So if they're like you said, if there's if a guy's worried, you know, if his positioning is off. Or if you know his, his hands or his hands are a little off or wonky or whatever, he's struggling with his five hole. He's gonna know exactly what drills to do. He's gonna know exactly what things he needs. The goalie coaches, whether it's Leo Luongo, whether it's Rob Tallis, like you need to work these drills or do these things. So the the synergy and the knowledge, it's just it really seems second to none. And nobody's gonna benefit more than the Panthers goaltenders. So that's just win win. And we all know that the, the Panthers goaltenders is certainly an area that needs that, that focus. So hopefully uh, we start seeing results sooner rather than later on, uh, on the goaltending excellence department. Uh, David, before we, before we let you go, uh, we just wanted to ask you about, about your new venture onside radio. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and uh, how people can find it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool new radio station. It's all South Florida uh, run. It's South Florida hosts, all guys that are, you know, locally. So they know their, their teams that they're talking about. And uh, they asked me to, to do a weekly Panther show, which obviously I was like happy to jump on and do. Uh, it's another way to, to kind of get out there and, 
you know, as a Panthers fan growing up, we didn't really have a, a whole lot of places to, to get our Panthers news and to get our, and to get our Panthers, uh, our Panthers fix. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was a cool opportunity. And now that there's a season, there's plenty to talk about. So doing a weekly show, certainly uh, we'll always have a lot of content and yeah, it's easy to find it. It's just uh, onsideradio.com. They always have a live stream going. You can download the uh, My Tuner Radio app also, and then just search for Onside Radio. And uh, yeah, that's really it. It's pretty cool. Um, the Chirping in the Cats radio is every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And I'm looking forward to getting, you know, getting phone calls and texts when the radio station starts picking up and all that good stuff and the season takes off. But I mean, it's, it's just a fun, it's another fun way to get more Panthers uh, news and information and talk some cats and hopefully more positive than negative this year. More positive than negative would be really nice. Uh, but guys, David, thank you for joining us. Uh, everyone listening, please check him out at Onside Radio. It's Chirping the Cats Radio. I think I have that right, David. Yeah, on, Onside Radio is the station. Chirping the Cats is the show. Um, Onside Radio at Twitter. Chirping the Cats at Twitter. David's work at Twitter. You know, we're all pretty easy with our names. David's work at WPLG for his, uh, his news stories as he covers the Panthers full-time. One of the few outsiders, I think it's him and George, are the only two outside sources covering the Panthers. So make sure you check him out, support his work so uh, he can uh, keep doing what he does and providing us great coverage. Um, thank you for joining us and uh, hope you have a happy, you and your family had a happy new year and have a happy, have a happy new year and had a happy Hanukkah. I'm always bad at the dismount, but that's what we're. That's <laughs> part so of the charm of the show. It's part of the charm. It's all good, man. You guys as well. It's always, always happy to come on and talk some Panthers hockey with you. I think the last time we did it was in the middle of a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it was, it was, I think it was, Probably. it was, we were lamenting the season that was awful, but Hey, Hey, it's a new year. You just said it's a new year and it's a new season. It's, you know, you got the, the double meaning there. So cool on us and all that good, but I mean, come on, it, let's be positive. Like 2020 is ending. Thank God. Hockey season is starting. The Panthers have a new GM. They're trying to do culture, which as we're seeing in this town with the heat had it, the Dolphins are building it, the, the friggin' Marlins are building it. So, yeah. you know, let's go. Like, we're all ready for this. The team is ready. The fans are ready. Let, let, let's go. I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to grab one of those playoff spots in this wacky new central division. And we're, we're going to have a fun year. Hopefully I think it's time to throw caution to the wind. Let's just be optimistic, David. This is our year. This is this is the year we're going to put it all together. Stanley, Cobb. I see a lot of penalty minutes with this team. Well, I'm very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Panther free, only optimism until we go on our first two game losing streak. Chris Streaker Vesna, just throwing it out there. <laughs> whoa, whoa! How are we not talking about how Chris Streaker has the best helmet in the NHL? Yes, very cool, very cool. That he was tweeting that out today. I love the the details are cool. I don't know if you guys saw, but like. The, great radio right now by the way <laughs> great radio <laughs> we can be descriptive and if you haven't seen it go look it up well it's it's got these really cool little miniature leaping cats all over it in the yeah. background and shine it in the light all the little gleaming leaping cats are coming across so it I know, i'm getting That's funny so looks cool. through the zoom camera no it's it was, it's outstanding i'm just pulling it up so i can look at it again because i hadn't noticed that detail yet i was too busy looking at baby yoda yeah you see that's the thing you, you gotta look <laughs> You got to look past the main to see the really cool details. Well, hopefully we see a lot of that helmet this year. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was Jacob or TJ, but somebody was just talking about Dredger for Vezina, and I believe TJ. the odds on that are 100 to 1. 
So if you want to make a, make a little easy cash there, if you really believe Chris Dreger is going to be the guy, pretty good odds. Just saying. My issue with putting money down there is that uh, GMs vote on the Vesna, and I don't trust GMs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so Look put your money down on Radko Gudis for the Norris. That's better. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> or Art of Verhage for Hart. It's it's yeah. happening. I think it's gonna be. It's I think easy. the better get is over under. Panthers are gonna run the awards table. That's how this year's gonna go. Optimism. Gudis is gonna lead the league in penalty minutes, fights, and suspensions, and still win the Norris. And still win the Norris. All right, I, I, I think we're, uh, we're getting a little crazy. Uh, yeah. Once David, again, thank you again for joining us. Uh, not so graceful on the dismount. This thank is you, the David. way. Uh, that was one of our worst dismounts, in fact. But, David, thank you again for joining us, and have a happy new year and a great night. Happy new year, David. Thank <laughs> you, fellas. Good night. Thanks again to David Dork for joining us. I mean, we like him so much, we hardly let him leave at all. I mean, that was a... Uh, <laughs> Not our most graceful ending there, but um, there are some more things that we wanted to talk about, and uh, he had a limited amount of time, so we're going to hit those real quick. Uh, first of all, Anton Lindell also playing at World Junior Championships in addition to the two goalies that we talked about, and uh, you know we're all very excited for Anton Lindell, who's been just absolutely excellent this year in Finland in the Liga with IFK, and uh, he's been very good at World Juniors as well. A three-point effort tonight as of the second period and three goals already in the tournament. One of the tournament's points leaders, although it is early days, uh, he is impressing as he, you know, has been doing all 2020 and, you know, nothing that we've seen from him at world junior suggests uh, anything different than what we've seen in Finland. He's a world beater. He's one of the best Panthers prospects since Aaron Ekblad. And uh, we should be really excited that he's in the cup board. Yeah. Um, Lundell has been nothing short of adver- as advertised at the world junior championships. He's just continued his excellent play from Liga. Uh, how many points? I mean, I know he had three points in his last game, so he's doing really well right now. Um, if you're a Panthers fan, all you can do is be happy. There's not anything you're, I mean, I even saw some crazy stat on Lundell's taking 31 face-offs and 127 of them. Like, that's unheard of percentages. Like, face-offs, I mean, the best players in the NHL, they're fit. you're elite at face-offs if you win, like, 56% of them. And this guy is winning 90 or 85-plus percent of them right now. Like, that's just unheard of. So, like, you, there's literally not a hole in this guy's game right now. And he's doing, against his age group, he's been dominant and I'd be shocked. I mean, unless Finland gets knocked out early, I would be shocked if he doesn't get some uh, tournament MVP votes. Yeah, I, I do just want to emphasize that uh, World Juniors should always be taken with a grain of salt. Um, otherwise, Alexi Hepaniemi would be in the NHL right now and be lighting it up. Well, not like right now, right now, but you know what I mean. Um, and, and would be lighting up the NHL. Uh, and he ended up struggling in the AHL after leading a World Juniors tournament in scoring, I believe. Um, so that, that does need to be taken with a bit of a grain of salt, but success is obviously better than the opposite of success, uh, at any level. And Lindell just consistently showing numbers like that across all levels of competition that he's played in so far, 
uh, is, is very, very exciting. Although, actually, I just thought about Alexi Hapaniemi again because he also dominated the Finnish league. Uh, we'll see. There's still room for Hapaniemi to make it to the NHL, and hopefully he does. But this is about Anton Lindell, not Alexi Hapaniemi. <laughs> oh, definitely. It is definitely not about Alexi Hapaniemi. Anyway, uh, speaking of second-round picks, though, Emil Heinemann is also present for the Panthers at uh, World Juniors. I mean, not for the Panthers, but you get it. He's a Panthers prospect. He's there in addition to Anton Lindell. And uh, so far, only two games for the Swedes, but he has recorded a goal in one of them. And, I mean, that Swedish team at World Juniors, it's a its a machine. Uh, they've won more than 50 consecutive group games, which is just an unbelievable record, and I don't think that will ever get touched. And uh, we'll see if that continues because Team USA will be playing them in a few ga- days with Spencer Knight uh, in net. He had a rough game in the first uh, start that he had in the tournament against yeah. Russia. Uh, and uh, I feel like we should mention that considering we didn't mention it with uh, David. But uh, Levi has been very good uh, as Canada would would be. Uh, so four, four good players, though, for the Panthers at uh, World Juniors that are, are playing well right now. Yeah, I mean, just let's touch on that night game. And I won't—I didn't get to watch the entire game, but I did see the highlights, especially the goals against it. Reminded me of a goalie who, I mean, maybe was a bit overconfident and was doing too much because he's not known for playing the puck. And he made a, a more than a more than a few mistakes playing the puck in that game. And I know at least one of them led to a goal against. I think it might have been two, but. I've got a pregnancy brain right now, so I can't really remember. But it seemed like he almost took that game a bit lightly, and it's like, oh, hey, this is my third World Junior Championship. I'm one of the best goalie prospects in the world, and you know, just didn't have his best game. Uh, he was all he was never going to start that second game against Austria, considering it's one of the worst teams in the tournament. And uh, he, you know, followed it up with a shutout yesterday. So he's back on track, but I mean, it definitely wasn't a great showing against Russia. The, the game against Sweden is really going to be uh, a great barometer for Panthers fans to look at and see how, you know, he does, even though, like Jacob said, take the World Junior Championships with a grain of salt. Yeah, looking forward to that game uh, tonight as we release this, tomorrow night as we record this, uh, with the USA taking on Sweden. And uh, they're playing Russia tonight, and that will probably have happened by the time you're listening to this. So good chance that that streak that I just talked about would be broken, but who knows? Um, Before we uh, stopped recording, we did want to touch on the uh, return to play for the Panthers, uh, the fan arrangement, which uh, there's nothing that's been announced, but we've heard it pretty consistently throughout reputable sources in the media that the Panthers in, in they uh, intend, that's the word I was looking for there, to have about 25% capacity available for this season. And um, who knows what the attendance is going to be like with, you know, obviously still people still having concerns about getting COVID, even though there will be a lot of precautions taken and the certifications that the arena has gotten to ensure that it's a safe environment for people to attend games and, and not think that uh, COVID is just around every corner. But um, Panthers will be one of the only teams that have fans. So far, the Lightning and the Predators and the Stars are the other teams that I think have mentioned to the media that they intend on having fans at their games. And, I mean, Bettman is very intent on having fans wherever he can. Obviously, Canada is being very strict about 
what they can do. So a lot of the teams are not even sure they're going to be able to play in their home arenas there. But I think that we're going to that's see... not confirmed. They will be able to play their home arenas. But yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, I think that we'll we'll see some fans at other arenas though as well. The Panthers won't be one of the only teams that have fans. Yeah, I mean, if you've followed social media, if you're listening to us, you're definitely on social media. Uh, the jokes have already been made. Oh, 5,000 fans, it'll be like any normal game. Be prepared for the numbers to be lower than 5,000. I mean, I know the Miami Hurricanes with their 13,000 capacity struggled to get to come close to that number for pretty much every game. I mean, even the FSU game was well under capacity. It was about about 50% of that 13K number. So there's going to be some lean games for the Panthers. Um, The jokes are going to be made don't even respond to them. Don't give the people the time of day. Like I know me personally, I'm not going to be going to any games this year. I'm immunocompromised and have a baby on the way. And uh, if I bring COVID home because I wanted to watch Panthers game, like that's just not smart and obviously dangerous for myself to get COVID. Um, uh, Jacob and TJ, do you guys plan to go to any games this year? Well, TJ, I guess you're going back to New York soon. Um, I'm probably going to be around for a decent chunk of the season. I was thinking about going back in April, but I mean, who knows? The world is really crazy. Um, I'm pla- I'm going to try to get an antibody test to see if I have the antibodies, which you know would prevent me from getting the disease, becoming contagious. I'm not immunocompromised, so I'm not particularly worried about what would happen to me if I got sick. The worry would be that I wouldn't want to get contagious and get somebody sick that would actually have serious consequences. And, uh, you know, I'm not really sure if uh, the antibody test came back negative, what I would do. I guess that, like, I would probably, like, eyeball how the first few games go, see how, you know, the spread is in Broward County as well. And if both those things seem favorable for, you know, in-person attendance seeming safe, I, I would look into going to some of the games. Yeah, I, I do not plan on going. Um, for similar reasons that TJ is cautious, uh, though it sounds like you do expect to make it to the arena a couple of times. Uh, I'm just too concerned about who I might come in contact with uh, outside of the arena and who I don't want to, uh, who I don't want to, impact so i i'm not going to be going to games this year yeah and it's it's the reality is if anyone's giving a fan a hard time for saying they're not going to go to games or saying they are going to go to games like let people make the choices for themselves but you know it's not a fun time we're living in i mean it's it's just not fun and uh let's let's, let's try to 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 turn this conversation happier uh you know 5,000 fans those of you who go make a lot of noise make a lot of noise for those of us who can't go or decide not to go uh I mean I know I'd love to go to games it's just not the safe decision for me and my family if for Um, some reason because I think that it was discussed the possibility if for some reason the Panthers were to play an outdoor game I would probably go to that I mean it does seem like scientifically outdoor spread is is harder it's it's less common and I think that yeah. that would be an environment that it would be a little bit more comfortable, comforting. I think I'd have to try and talk myself into to not doing that because I'd really want to go to a Panthers outdoor game because a, a pandemic is probably the only way we ever get one. Yeah, you, you would miss a lot of the... Uh, the Freeze uh, over Marlins Park. 
You would miss a lot of the fanfare, I think, if it, if it was an outdoor game, you know, by necessity rather than by. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be like the Winter Classic with all this fanfare and uh, pig races in the corner every intermission and whatnot. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to end the episode on a much happier note than that somber reminder of the times we're living in uh, and uh, announce that as the season gets closer, uh, point to point, Panther Paris, whatever you want to call us, we're going to be giving away fan Panthers a uh, fan merchandise, and the first thing that we're going to be giving away is a brand new one size fits most Panthers hat. It's like a baseball cap. In case you were wondering, there will be pictures on Twitter. Basically, all you'll need to do is retweet a certain tweet, follow us, maybe tag a few people. I haven't completely decided yet, but it's going to be very easy to enter. You won't have to send us any money. You won't have to do any kind of abstract contest submission. No, it, it'll just be on Twitter. And uh, I'm happy to be able to give this away to a lucky winner. But this hat is not the only thing that we'll be giving away. I'm not going to reveal what the other items are. You'll just have to listen to future episodes. Jared McCann signed Panthers fuck. Maybe. Uh, if you don't rig that contest to go to me, uh, I will kill you. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll kill you. I can't wait to give this away and give it to anybody <laughs> but Jacob. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, one I, I of the feel like I we... need it on record that I will not actually kill anybody. I... <laughs> and uh, one of the items that uh, we're giving away it might rhyme with Dursey. You're giving away Sean Dursey, Los Angeles Kings defenseman prospect. Wow, Toronto gave him away. Is that, wait, is that a real prospect or did you just make up a name? No, he's real. He's real. Oh, that's an amazing pull then. Sean Dursey uh, traded to the LA Kings from the Leafs. Uh, as in the Jake Muzzin trade of the Jake Muzzin trade. That's right. That's yep. an amazing pull. <laughs> yeah. I wish that there were practices going on so I could, I could get this signed and then uh, I could give away a signed hat, but uh, in COVID times, a little difficult. Or a signed Jersey. Yep. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, like I said, a little difficult in the current environment, but uh, very difficult to get things signed right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, parting notes, Alex, Jake. Uh, parting notes, the Zidane Chara plays for the Washington Capitals now. That's weird. Well, that's a weird, lot, a weird lot of shit, uh, player movement. I do want to, while we're talking about the Capitals, I do want to say uh, just incredibly sad to hear the news about Henrik Lundqvist's heart condition that he won't be playing mm-hmm. in the NHL this season. And, you know, you have to anticipate that he's not going to be playing in the NHL ever again with that serious of a condition. Uh, I mean, really wishing for the best. Aortic valve replacement, that's, that's scary stuff. I mean, my yeah. that, that and the fact that he's so young and has to go through it, that's really scary. I mean, like my grandfather's had that and he's in his eighties and yeah. That's it's it's scary for someone so young to have to go through it. So you definitely keep him in your thoughts if you pray. Pray for him. If you don't, just you know, send him warm wishes. I consider him like one of the ambassadors of the game, you know, one of one of Absolutely. his elder statesmen. Yeah. I mean, like he's one of those people like even if you're a Flyers or a Penguins fan, like you like and respect Henrik Lundqvist. Mm-hmm. He, he isn't the one to talk trash or play dirty. He's never been that guy. I mean, he's just a, a total gentleman in every respect. And uh, I'm, I'm just really crossing my fingers uh, and every other appendage that I have that he comes out of this better and stronger. And uh, I, I really don't have any expectation to see him again in the NHL, but maybe, you know, you never know. Yeah, hopefully we do. 
And for that, that was another episode of Panther Paris. As we end on a sad note, even though we tried to make it happy. What's it? What's the happy note to end on, Alex? You didn't get anything in there. Oh shit! Uh, I finished the baby's room yesterday. Crib nice. built, painted, hell yeah, dresser built. Got him his uh, got him his Panthers onesie that I'm now trying to convince the wife to let me let him wear. Where? Take take him out of the hospital. No, but like the first thing he wears when he goes home, I want it to be that Panthers little onesie. We're mm-hmm. we're gonna try on that one, but. Uh, yeah, there's our happy note, guys. I'm going to be a dead We forgot dad. something. So this is going to be a minor footnote, though, so it's fine that we're just putting it at the end of the episode. Uh, the <laughs> Panthers signed Kevin Connaughton, former Coyotes defenseman, to a, a professional tryout. <laughs> God, what a meaningless factoid to throw in at the end. Uh, and that little shoehorned ending is exactly as useful as Kevin Connaughton will be for the yeah. Florida Panthers. <laughs> yeah, basically, we, hey, we all agree... He's going to be a taxi squad guy, essentially. He'd be a great black ace for the team. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look up his uh, evolving hockey stuff because he's been around a long time. He's uh, thirty so years he old. A lot of data to pull from. Yeah, I I mean it's never going to hurt to have depth this year, especially when you know yeah. maybe Ekblad and Weger are hanging out and one of them tests positive, so the other has to quarantine. No, 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 no. Don't even, don't even, don't even put that out into the universe. Okay, I'll I'll replace them with Strawman and uh, I don't know, Nudavara, because they are both Swedish. Wait, Nudavara's Finnish. I'm sorry. Yeah, what the yeah, Nudavara's Finnish. Let's let's take a look at the Kevin Connaughton Evolving Wild uh, scouting report. <laughs> Jeez, the the end of this podcast is going to be like just as long as the rest of it. Do 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 do. This is a great time for me to bring up that I, I think that we should do another series of uh, God, he sucks. He's terrible, huh? <laughs> Not good. We'll we'll post it. We'll post it on Twitter. Yes, send it to my DMs. Uh, Alex, Alex, give me screen sharing uh, access. Oh boy, just put this in the middle of it somewhere. Hold on, I'm trying to. There it is. Well, let me hold on. I, I, I think we've talked about Scott Darling also, but uh, just throwing that out there. He's also right. terrible. He's he's god awful. Oh my god. Try try screen sharing. Here we go. Oh lord. Oh my. That is that is. <laughs> ooh. That's so like the, the this guy's coursey against impact. Evolving Wild only has three There's standard a very, very deviations. Scary dark red bar. Yeah, Evolving Wild only allows for three uh, standard deviations, and Kevin Connaughton is uh, defensively taking advantage of all of them available. My goodness. I mean, granted, he, I I pulled his last three full seasons, so that's sixteen to nineteen. It doesn't include last year. Um, oh Jesus! He did not play in the NHL. I don't think. He he's just not good. Yeah, I don't expect him to be an impact player for the Panthers. But hey, oh, just boy, look, putting you, it you, out there, he's going to be. Though so this is a great a great opportunity to look at evolving while evolving hockey's new player cards, which are beautiful. Yeah, so we'll we'll put them out on Twitter again. Great radio. Um, so I'm glad we got all in all those notes at the end. Um, for Jacob and Alex, I've been TJ. Everybody, stay safe. Everybody, stay sane. And let's go Panthers into the new year.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.